Today's show is brought to you by Organifi, the best tasting green blend on the market. They're cold processed, guys, to retain all of the nutrients. And if you're looking to fill all the nutritional gaps and buffer out that new stress that your body has to deal with on a daily basis, check out Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use the promo code SUCCESS to save 20% on your order. And now to today's show. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am, and I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl W. Phillips. What, 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 what it do, what's happening everybody? And the hip hop preacher live from New York. It's Saturday night. What's going uh, on, E? Oh, bless, man. No complaints, man. No complaints. Do me a favor. Try not to get arrested in the podcast, during the podcast, <laughs> running your loud mouth. And you're probably staying at the, uh, what was the name of the hotel that they stayed at in Home Alone? The, the Waldorf Astoria oh. or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure you're in the Waldorf. Hey, my man, hey, my now, man, me and Carl will be, me and Carl will be out there tomorrow in the, uh, right. in the Bates Motel. But Ooh. I'm sure you had to, the so Waldorf Astoria. That's my choice. That's my choice. I'm a decent boss. Right, I'm exactly. a decent boss. And, uh, so, yeah, try to try to make sure you don't get arrested trying to do the podcast. And I know you sneaking around the hotel. Like, oh, I'm talking about sneaking. A little, a little church mouse. Yeah, um, sneaking. And uh, we have our uh, uh, an esteemed colleague, uh, business partner and friend, Mr. Josh Hatch is also on the podcast this morning. Jay, what's good with you? What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, Jay, I'm, I'm surprised you're still standing. You've had a a heck of a two weeks, which uh, hopefully you can tell us a little bit about. Um, we, we've made some major moves with one of the, the other side of our company, and things are going really well. So we're excited to get your feedback on that. Um, but I did want to start just a little different because, and usually I wouldn't even bring this up, but he talked about it the other day and I wanted to get right into it. Um, just because I feel like, you know, it's a, it's a topic that probably all of us, um, can relate to cause we're fathers, but, uh, the topic was, uh, LeVar Ball and LiAngelo Ball. Now we haven't talked about M- Mr. Ball in quite a while and, um, Obviously, there's a ton of, you know, you know, rumors that fly and we don't you guys know us on the podcast. We don't do like the mm-hmm. TMZ thing. That's not our thing. You know, we want to talk about personal development and life. But I do think and he talked about it. There are some 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 critical life lessons here and maybe some things to kind of draw from in terms of parenting, in terms of making mistakes, in terms of punishment and all of those things. And I think for you know it's funny I, I love the dynamic we have on this podcast like these kids are like college age josh's kids are you know middle school almost you know getting ready for that high school age and then carl and i are you know bringing up the rear with our you know little toddlers and things of that nature and you know kids um and so there's a, a range here in terms of you know parents and there's a lot of parents that listen to this podcast um but for those of you who don't know just a quick recap uh, LeVar Ball is the father of Lonzo, LiAngelo, and LaMelo Ball, incredibly talented, you know, basketball players. Lonzo, of course, plays for the Lakers. LeVar Ball is the overbearing, larger-than-life, louder-than-life <laughs> father 
of the three of those kids. And um, Leangelo, the middle child who was playing for UCLA, went over to China on a trip and was got caught stealing. Now, don't ask me why, but uh, Louis Vuitton from the Louis Vuitton store. Now, everybody knows, knows they don't play in China. Like that's a, you know, here you might have got, you know, a slap on the wrist. But in right. China, it was a big deal. But long story short, he ended up getting out of trouble and coming back in UCLA, I believe, and you guys can correct me, correct me, I don't know if they suspended him indefinitely or if they announced that he was suspended for the year. Um, no, it was indefinite. Know the answer to that? It was indefinite. I think, I think they said indefinite. Yeah, yeah but, indefinite. But okay, indefinite, indefinite for about three months. You know what I'm saying? Indefinitely okay. for about three months. Well, that's not indefinite then. So, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You feel what I'm saying? So anyway, it was going to be a long suspension. And... The father, LeVar Ball, apparently didn't like the suspension and has now since pulled his son off the team and no longer goes to UCLA. Um, And I guess, yeah, that's it. And so for me, it was weird because I tried to put myself in LeVar's situation. Um, You know, your your child made a mistake. I, I believe he's probably 18 or 19 years old and while it was a bad mistake, first of all, I, I, I hope somebody told them when they went over to China, like, okay, this is a communist country. They don't necessarily do things the same way we do things over here, so be on your P's and Q's. I don't know if that was relayed to these young men or not. Regardless, you shouldn't steal. I mean, right? That, that's just, you know, that goes without saying. But, um, yeah, so talk to me. E, I guess you talk about your point. You spoke about it the other night. Talk about your point, and then Carl and Josh, I'd love to hear your input on the situation. Would you have pulled your, your kid off the UCLA team? Was three months or indefinite a, a fair suspension? Was it too harsh, too light? Is LeVar being you know too overbearing by pulling him off the team? Should he have left him on the team? What are, you, what are you guys' thoughts about that? E, you go first, and then Josh and Carl, you guys jump in. Yeah, well, you know, the thing that I, you know, uh, first, of course, when you hear, you know, what happened in um, China, you know, it's almost like, wow, you know, guys, that's kind of deep. You know, you you guys got over there and, you know, you could have got yourself in some serious trouble, you know. Um, and it, it, I watched the reports. So, I, you know, I watched, I read, you know, what they had to say in the New York Times, you know, Wall Street Journal, et cetera. Then I also, um, you know, watched the Fox um, CNN, et cetera, when it first happened, you know, we didn't know if they were going to get out or not. So it seemed like real grave, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, will they make it home? And then, you know, a turn of events, it didn't take a week or so. And, you know, some kind of way, we don't know to this day, I'm confused uh, because it, it appears that the president made a phone call, uh, but LeVar Ball is saying, we don't know if he made a phone call. It's weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's a cat and mouse game. I'm like, okay, if he did, why, you know, why, why aren't the officials in China saying he did, whatever. So it, just the whole thing is kind of, you know, weird, but they get back, you know, um, and UCLA, you know, hey, I, I, I feel them. Like, you, one of the things that you have to do is for a public, you know, appearance, you, you can't give this, um, you know, you can't make it seem as though, because they're basketball players, they're above the law. You know, and they can do whatever they want to do to the program. You know, of course, you don't want to do that. So there has to be some type of punishment. Um, but, you know, the thing that I thought LeVar Ball did a phenomenal job of, you know, when I heard him speak on CNN the other day was say, hey, we have a plan. You know, we have a plan for our son's life. 
And he's not saying UCLA is wrong necessarily for suspending him. But what he is saying is that, hey, uh, my son is one and done. You know, and I, and I thought that was the statement, C, that turned it all around for me. Actually, it was two. I want to go back to the first one. And the one thing I don't like about, you know, when I watch CNN, it's like their bias. When I watch Fox, you know, their bias. I, it's just weird, man. Like, people get on. Uh, I was watching this thing yesterday about Roy Moore. And the lady, you know, uh, Cooper Anderson was asking her some questions. And, you know, she was <laughs> Is that she Anderson wasn't, Cooper's brother? What's the, what's the name? Cooper Anderson. Oh, oh yeah, my bad. Be Anderson, Anderson Cooper's little brother. Yeah, my bad. Reverse it. Yeah, my bad. He, um, the lady, you know, the lady wasn't answering the question, and you know, he mm-hmm. kept he kept asking her over and over again, like, "Will you address the question?" And she just wouldn't answer the question. And it's just like when I watch news, it's just nobody's answering any questions. Like everybody's kind of coming on. And they've got their own opinion. And one thing I did like LeVar Ball said was, yeah, you hold my son and the other two dudes, you know, accountable. But what about the coaching staff that was there? You know, what about the chaperones? You know, nobody's, nobody's saying anything about them. And I thought that was deep because, again, whoever the um, – and I don't remember the guy's name who was the, um, uh, the, the lead reporter for CNN, but he never answered the question. You know, he never addressed that. They're right. These are 18-year-olds. And again, I'm not saying that they were um, right. You know, um, absolutely they were wrong. But nobody ever answered the question about where were the where was the, where was the coaching staff? Yeah, but what does you know? that mean, though? Yeah, I'm confused. I, I, I mean, they're 18 years old. I can't watch these boys at all times. Now, if Avery fall and bump her head at daycare, yeah, I'm looking for the chaperone. No, You're 18 no, years not. old, we go to the mall. I can't watch you every second. I might have been, you know, I might have been in Macy's while you was in Louis Vuitton and we supposed to meet up at the statue at 2 o'clock. Like, what, is, what does that even mean? Where are the what, chaperones? What, what it definitely means is that if you are um, a coach or the coaching staff, that at no point do you put all the responsibility on the 18-year-old. That's exactly what it means. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't mean that, um, it, it doesn't mean that you... Um, say, oh, these guys were at the mall, they stole from the mall, they're the only ones that are responsible. You know, if I'm a coach or an assistant coach or who, you know, whoever's a GA who's ever responsible for these guys, at some point they need to be on, you know, um, the news or at some point somebody needs to ask these guys some questions. I'm not saying they, they can say what you just said, see. You know, we were at the mall with them. We dropped them off here when we before we knew it or whatever. But at no point, you didn't hear anything. You didn't hear anything from UCLA coaching staff. You didn't hear anything from the general, uh, the, the grad assistant. You didn't hear anything from anybody. The whole thing was put on the three boys. Like, that was it. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I don't, it, I don't, I don't see a problem with that, though. I'm, I'm oh, trying to, I'm huge trying to make the that. connection. Yeah, yeah, I see a huge problem. Yeah, they're old enough. Either uh, handle their own actions. Yeah, uh, flat out. Uh, Jalen, 18 years old, I'm not, for me, and I might be over the top, but for me, if my son's out of the country, I mean, it'd be one thing if we were in L.A. We, we're out of the country. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying they shouldn't go shopping, but there should be some strict guidelines because what C said, we're not in America, you know, and I can't expect an 18-year-old, and they didn't. There's <laughs> no coincidence that they didn't. C said they're in another country. They should know they're 18. They didn't know. And so they treated China like it was America because they were 18 years old and they weren't mature enough to understand where they were. So for me, if you're going to have these boys over there 
and it is a communist um, situation, then they need to understand that, all right, we need to, it, it needs to be, on, they need to be on lockdown. You know, it needs to be some restrictions because it's not America. So that's my thing. My thing is they shouldn't have to take the rap. Yeah, but isn't that a dangerous, like, I, let, let me, let me, and I'll just say this from my perspective. I ain't trying to start no argument. What I would tell you is, for me, for the father to say that, it's one thing if somebody in the media was like, where are the coaches and chaperones in this situation? For the father, like, I, if Trey doggone get caught stealing from the mall at 18, I will blame nobody but myself and him. Me and him will have that dispute. I don't care if you on a field trip. I don't care if you in Czechoslovakia. By 18, it's, that's between me and you. And, and, and under no circumstance would I try to be like, well, who was on the, the chaperone on the study abroad that let my son steal? Like, you, you running a dangerous game there. And oh, what I, I will say you. is if you but, take that route, LeVar, now your kids start to look at their actions as, oh, yeah, it is admissible. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 18 and my dad doesn't seem to think it's that deep. And I just think that that's a slippery slope. I didn't even know he said that. To yeah, be honest here, with you, but, yeah, but here's I'm not deal. sure I agree with that at all. Yeah, here's my deal. You're saying that it's wrong because the father said it. I'm looking at the news like, yo, for real, the last couple weeks, I ain't heard nothing about UCLA. So maybe the father was wrong for saying it, but I didn't really, I, I wasn't really on LeVar said it. I was on like, yo, for real, this is a reality. I ain't heard nothing. I, I've not heard the coach. I've not heard the assistant coach. I ain't heard nobody. The only thing I've heard from day one is these three boys stole, and that's it. You know, I've not heard. And that they suspended. But what, yeah. yeah, but E, what, what would you want to hear? I'm right. confused. Would, what would you want would to hear? Want like, to I hear, can't, I can't stop you from stealing. Yeah. Like you're stealing. Like it's a, it's a, a hidden act. It's not like I can watch you not, you know, make you not steal. It's a hidden act. Like you intentionally went in there and did something that you don't want nobody to see. So I'm saying, even if I'm watching you, like I can't watch you like that first of all. But then even if I'm watching, oh, you're doing it in something. a discreet fashion. Even if I can't watch you or I can't watch you, if you do it on my watch, I'm taking some ownership for it. Bottom line. I don't care. I'm not letting but no 18 year old. I, I, I have not seen anything. They haven't been on the news. They haven't been in the newspaper. The only thing I've been hearing is LeVar Ball and yeah. President going no, back and I, forth. My I only ownership seen over them boys is to make sure everybody get on the bus. Everybody get home, off right, the bus, and, and I'm taking attendance. Uh, you know no, what I'm that, saying? Like, I'm going to make sure but, we don't leave nobody in China. But here's the deal. <laughs> they were left in China based on what you did as a coach and what you allowed. So as a coach, you didn't bring them back. You so you're saying the coach established the culture of allowing yeah, I them to I can't agree with that. Either. All I'm saying is this. If I take your, if I take my, <clears> if you <throat> take my son somewhere, I'm expecting you to bring my son back. So I don't I don't want to hear I, I don't want to hear that an 18 year old did something that he couldn't get back. Because here's my thing with Jalen. And I'm just going to be real. I got a Jalen 22. Maybe he mature enough now. But when he was a freshman in college, my son's not mature enough to go somewhere and do what he needs to do to get himself back. So my thing would be this. Don't even take my son on no invitation trip like that for no basketball game. Let my man stay here and play whoever he's playing. But that's risky for Jalen. Now, if you'd have said Jada, I might have been all right. But if you were counting on Jalen to take himself to China and behave himself properly and not do nothing that's going to get him in trouble and get him back here, I'm telling you don't take my son because he's not that mature, bottom line. So, yeah, so, e, if you, a, so if you could... Yeah, so I was just going to say, e, I, I, look at the, I look at the whole thing and, and I take China and... and LeVar and Trump, the, the thing, and see, you and I have had this conversation. My fear about 
about the ball kids right now is that that's a lot of pressure and there's very few families that go uh, two or three kids deep that can have this kind of athletic ability but also hold their lives together or this kind of talent whether it's entertainment be out in the limelight and hold their life together and the spotlight that's on these two younger kids is so bright and the opportunities that they have that I, I worry that these kids could turn to the Kardashians because, because it's so much responsibility no, no, for a 14 or 15 year old to take to try yeah, to and understand I'm as a father too so Josh that's that's my point as a father you have to be that much stronger you know what I'm saying like you got to be even even that much more um you know not maybe not strict but you know making sure that you're keeping them grounded and by somebody I don't know that somebody that's possible, stealing bro. and then you yeah, making an possible. excuse for them no no he didn't make no excuse he never made an excuse. Yeah, I'm saying for you just said he was like, "Where are the chaperones?" You but know that's what I'm not saying? making like, an excuse. Wait, see, now, look, okay. So if you say Jalen did what didn't do what he was supposed to do, and you make you hold Jalen accountable, that doesn't mean because you hold Jalen accountable that nobody else need to be accountable. You know what I'm saying? If I hold Jalen accountable, I'm saying to Jalen, "Yo, bruh, I taught you better than that. Like, why would you go over there and do that?" But it doesn't mean that I know, that I that yeah. But not, I think I, I I don't think this applies to that situation. Now, if we went whitewater rafting and he fell out the raft, yeah, where right, was the chaperone? Right. Yeah, That's he shouldn't different. have been standing Absolutely. up surfboarding on it. But where was the chaperone to tell him to sit down or like give safety instructions or have make sure he was wearing a life vest? I got you. We go to a mall. Everybody's at the mall. I've been on these types of trips just anywhere. They say, all right, cool. We're going to the mall, y'all. We're going to get there at 1 o'clock. Bus pulls off at 3. Meet at the pavilion at 2.55. Like, what exactly could somebody have done to stop them from stealing? Other than each person walking around with, like, a, a guard. So this is what you do. Because the situation is totally different. You just said it. Because it's totally different. This is one of those trips where it's like, hey, guys, this is what we're doing. We came here to play basketball, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Like, because we're not at home, and you don't speak the language, you know what I'm saying, and it's not the same circumstances, we're not going to free for all like we do if we're in L.A. or we're in New York or we're in Las Vegas. What we're gonna, we, This is going to have to be a restricted trip. We're going to have to do this one a little different. That's all I'm saying. So I'm saying for me, if I but, was a coach. He, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you finish. I'm just saying if I was a coach because of the danger, like, yo, for real, I don't know if the president called or not. I'm not really sure what happened, right? I'm, I'm not 100% sure how, <coughs> how, how they got out of this situation. But let's just say it was the president. He did call. Let's just say if he hadn't called or whoever called hadn't called. This would be a total different situation if them boys was over there and they would have got three to five years. What that would have done to the program. But because they were able to come home, it's a whole different situation. But if you were a coach and you would have been known as the coach that went over there and the boys got three to five years in prison, and they won't be back into 20, you know what I'm saying, to 20, to, uh, 24, 25, depending on, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the sentences they got. We, bruh, this would have been a whole different conversation. We're having this conversation because they did make it back home and they are able to go back with their normal lives. You know what I'm saying? But if it didn't happen like that, somebody would have put it. It wouldn't have been where, oh, coach, it, they stole. There's nothing you can do about it. The boys got five to six years in prison. Keep, keep coaching. It wouldn't have went down like that. 
You saying the coach would have got fired for that? Yeah, I, I don't know if he would have yeah, got I fired, I, but I be, I guarantee you, if UCLA it wouldn't have gone, it, the program wouldn't have gone as usual. Let me just say that it wouldn't have. He would have not not been on TV. He would have not not been interviewed. He would have not not been in the paper. He wouldn't have been able to go back and just hoop as if nothing happened. He somebody would have been asking him some questions had they been detained and stayed in China, like I said, for the next three or four years. Bottom line, I guarantee yeah, I, you that. I still don't know how I still don't know how coaches could take any kind of responsibility for this. E like yeah, it, yeah, it's China, yeah, it's different. But you went to a mall. It's like okay, you sightseeing, you going around to see the place. That's a part of any country that you go to. You're gonna do some stuff. You're gonna you probably went to the Great Wall of China. Like you're gonna do stuff. If we're doing stuff and you make a dumb decision, you know what I mean? It's just a dumb. They're kids. I'm not saying. I'm not saying they did something they you know hurt a person or nothing like that, but it's just still a I'm, flat out dumb and I, decision. And I, like, I, I, I guess that's the question though. And, 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 and let's, unless we can kind of transition off of this, I, don't, I mean, I think we all made our points and you know that kind of thing. But I think the point that E is making is that, and this is actually a really good discussion. If it, as a leader, Carl, do you take mm-hmm. responsibility for the actions of your team, regardless if it was, you know, what it is? So E is the CEO mm. of ETA. If Jamal makes a terrible mistake, even though E was, let's say, in Poland on tour, does E then come back and take some onus for that mistake that Jamal made because it was a he was still doing it on ETA's watch? And that, I mm-hmm. think, is the point that E... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think maybe you say you come back and say, hey, we've, you know, we fired this employee. We're working hard to rectify the situation, but I am going to take some blame. And it's funny. And maybe we could actually get the audio or something. But um, I don't know if y'all saw it, but the Giants fired their coach and their GM and the owner. Yeah. There was a big thing where like Eli Manning got benched and it was a terrible decision by the head coach, a terrible decision by the GM. And the owner came and fired the GM and fired the coach because it was terrible, a terrible look. Eli's been there forever, been a great guy, won some Super Bowls. They're not winning anyway, and then they just benched my man and flat embarrassed him in the, you know, towards the end of the season when they ain't got no shot at the playoffs. The owner, and let's play the clip. Were you aware before uh, Ben went to Eli and said, you're going to start and Gino play the second half, were you aware of that before he actually presented the plan to him? That seems to be the focus of everybody's attention right now. And the the plan was, uh, he was Ben was going to talk to Eli, tell him that he was going to start play the first half, that Gino would play the second half. Um, I signed off on that. But again, my hope was two things: one, that I was going to speak to Ben and try to get him to be a little bit more flexible about that. Although I do not like interfering with coaching decisions about who's going to play, and I've never done that before. Also, as I said, I think the other day to you guys, was hoping that Eli would be playing so well that it would be impossible to take him out. In any event, you know, it is where it is, and you ought to stop uh, blaming Ben and Jerry on that. If you want to blame anybody for that, blame me, because I I certainly had the power to overrule it if I wanted to. I chose not to do it. So maybe, E, that's where you're coming from, and I guess the question is, when you're a leader and things happen below you, are you responsible? Are you responsible for that act? And this could be corporate. This could be, you know, in, in a, a small company like ours. Is the leader responsible? Come hella high water. Let me say this to you, see, and I'm gonna say it again. I got a 22 year old, and a 19 year old. 
if you take my son to China, I'm expecting you to bring my son back. I'm just, that, and if you tell me that he stole when he was over there, and, and, and he going to jail, it, it is what it is. He five, six years, whatever they give him. I promise you, I'm not gonna be sitting there looking at this program saying, my next son coming to this program. You know what I'm saying? My next son, I'm gonna let my le next son yeah, come Yeah, but to is this that program. just feelings though, E? Or is that principles? You know what I'm no, saying? Like, is that, I, just your, is that just your ego no, saying that? Or? No, it's not my ego. Because He's let me tell you something. Let me, let me throw, since we went back there, these are three incoming freshmen, which means they probably been with the program like a couple months. That's been your son for 18 years. I just got my man. So it's not even like we had some seniors who've been under my tutelage for four years. These were all incoming freshmen, hey, and this was day, the first game of the season. One day, four years. See, one day, four years. If you sign my son and you take my son from me and you say you're responsible for my son, either you're responsible for him or you aren't responsible for him. And I'm not telling you to go to jail. I never said you should go to jail. But I do want to see you on the news. I do want to see you in the paper. I do want to see some interviews. I do want to see somebody other than my sons taking the fall. I, I do want to hear what the coach got to say about it, what the assistant coach, somebody. I want to hear somebody say why this happened, take some type of ownership, because it just makes the program can they, look Can bad. they say why it happened? I mean, what, what, like I said, I, again, what yeah, would you want to say? Theory. Yeah, you could say, we woke up in the morning, we ate breakfast, I explained to these boys we was in China and not to do X, Y. You could say something, and I'm going to say this. So, so are you sure he didn't say anything? So if we look up a quote from Steve Alford, he hasn't said a thing about it the entire time? If are, he you says just say, are you saying hypothetically? No, I'm making an or assumption. You I ha I'm, I'm making an assumption because I've watched TV and read newspaper. I didn't see it, so I'm sure maybe if I uh, dug deeper, see you right, I might, I might see it. But I'm just saying, in terms of the publicity that was on television, it was LeVar Ball, you know, and um, you know, President uh, Trump, and then you know, the, the boys. I didn't hear a lot about it, but I'm sure if I dug deeply, he might have made a statement to UCLA or you know, in LA. I'm not sure, but but I, we can't say this on. Uh, let me just say this. We can't say this on this podcast, but there have been some internal instant, uh, issues that we've had that I, some things that I didn't do, but trust me, I would have been held accountable for it because it was done on my watch, bottom line. I wouldn't have got a pass because, you know what I'm saying, I wouldn't have got a pass because I didn't do it. So even in our company, there's some things that have been True. done that, that ET would have taken a fall for it, you know, because, because I'm the leader. So absolutely, if you are the leader, it's, it's coaches getting fired who didn't throw a ball, um, general manager, I mean, uh, GMs in baseball getting fired, cause, and they didn't pitch a ball or hit a ball. They hold people accountable when certain things happen. That's all I'm saying. Let's not go to China then no more. If you can't take a group of kids to China, and you're right. You, if you're saying to me that they, gonna, they, yeah. they steal, and you, I, you I just think can't on a base level, I agree with you. The problem I had was with LeVar saying it. You know what I'm saying? Because I just don't <laughs> right, feel as right. a parent. I'm saying... I done had you for 18 years. You took my son for three weeks yeah, and he stole something from the mall. That's I'm easy not worried about no coaches. Yeah, that's Period. easy to say, bro. I'm and I'm not, even gonna let my, I'm not even going to let my son hear that come out my mouth. And I agree with that. Because you know what your son do? No, no. He go, no, I, yeah, why, why, why didn't I have a chaperone? That's no, a, that's a slippery that. slope, See, bro. My, my, my mother never let us say the teacher did X, Y, and Z. I agree with that statement 100%. But what I have a challenge with is, and I'm not saying you're not going to do it, because you, you, you may do it. We're different parents. But when Jalen got on that flight, when he got on that flight with Coach Izzo, I'm 100%, bro. 
I'm, I'm, I'm trusting Jalen to go, not because I trust an 18-year-old to get on a flight. I trusted Coach Izzo with my son for four years because I, I trusted Coach OG. I trusted the relationship he had with Jalen. I trusted that we had a good relationship and that when they got on the road, they was gonna bring my son back. That, that's what I trusted. I didn't trust Jalen at 18 years old to be in New York and to be in Vegas, you know what I'm saying, to be wherever they went, uh, Bahamas, wherever they traveled internationally. As a father, I did not trust my son. I trusted Coach and he brought him back every time. And there were some instances that happened, but, but you, you know what I'm saying? They took ownership and was like, yo, ET, this happened. We want you to know this happened, et cetera. So that's all I'm saying. Are you saying, you're saying LeVar shouldn't have said it. I agree with you 100%. But I'm saying as a, as a father, as I'm looking at this whole thing unravel, I'm, I, I'm just not seeing And UCLA I can definitely go there, there with you on how do you have three players still appear. I, I, here's what I think. I honestly don't think there's no way y'all adequately, I, I will go there with you on this. There is no way they understood the depth of what no they way. were doing. Because you are in yeah, a communist country where they yeah. could literally give you 20 years. So I will yeah. say that the education going over there, hey, listen, guys, I'm not saying we got any thieves on this team. I'm not saying that, you know, y- you, you know y'all should be just isolated or how you deal with, you know, young ladies. This ain't America. Please know that they could lock your butt up for 20. That would have been my first conversation going over there. Now, again, that's all speculation because maybe they did have that, that conversation and these boys are just that loose. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't I'm know. saying I, I doubt that they understood the magnitude of what they were doing, stealing sunglasses or whatever else they were stealing. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I think that's uh, hopefully, you know, this is the dynamic. And I think, like I said, I want to kind of get off of them. E, I think we, we kind of oh, yeah, beat I that dead. But yeah. I'm saying no, as I'm parents now, you know, how do we, you know, what's too much? You know what I'm saying? So let, like Josh, you, 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 you have a son. Like what's too much? How do you know when that line is there? Like even for me, we talked about this before, but like Trey got in trouble in school the other day. Roughhousing, playing, punching, kicking, whatever he's doing, you know, him and his boys. Right. And so for me, I have to decide what's a fair punishment. So if this school says Trey is suspended for two weeks, he's three years old, four years old. Let's say he's suspended for a week. He punched a kid in the lip. All right. Let's say he gets suspended for a week. Do I say, Trey, you're suspended from school from a week. You can't go. You need to sit home and learn your lesson. Or do I go? Are you kidding me? This kid is not even four yet. We're going to another school and you're enrolled tomorrow, Trey. Like, I think that is. The question as a parent is finding that balance between what's fair, when do you learn your lesson, the correct punishment, and I think that was what I wanted to get to in terms of a discussion about parenting. Well, hey, is like, at what see. point do you do you yeah. cross the line? At what point do you say, all right, cool, here's what your punishment is? Because Leangelo is like, all right, cool, you got three months suspension from UCLA? To me, that sounded pretty reasonable, but... I'm pulling you out of school and you're going to go play basketball, what, tomorrow? I don't know. So I'm asking you. I just think it's fair, of, though. Not, see? Not, not that situation. In terms of your own parenting and in terms of the parents or people that we have listening who will be parents on this podcast, how do you deal with the situation in terms of punishment? Yeah, but I'm saying, listen to me. LeVar was like, look, my son's not in school to He just graduate. ain't going to let it go. I'm just, no, I'm saying what you just said. <laughs> LeVar just said it. My son's not in school for, he's not in school for school. He's in school to play basketball. Yeah, but this is a punishment thing. It's not a basketball thing. 
We're talking about the punishment. I'm well, not talking hey, about basketball. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling you what he said, and I think it make a lot of sense. They went before, they, they, they did due process. They went before the court. They, they were freed. So his thing was, when we get back home, why are we punishing them again? And, and I agree with him. If you, if you go to court and the court says, all right, we're going to put you on probation. Okay, this is your time. You come out, you did, you did your time. So I'm not really sure with UCLA, what was the reason for saying, okay, now we're just going for the whole season? Because that's what they're doing. They're saying that you can't play for the whole season. That, to me, I don't know if that's reasonable that the courts let you go and now UCLA saying is you're not going to play for the rest of the season. I don't, I don't know if that – I agree with him as a father. How, UCLA made their decision, but UCLA is going to disrupt what we're trying to do for their future. So you're, so you're punishing my son because that's what you feel like you need to do. I get it, but I'm trying to get my son to the league. I feel as a parent – that that punishment is too hard as a parent. And so I'm gonna pull my son out and he didn't do nothing wrong. See, his son was supposed to be one and done like the last one. So he's like, yo, I gotta go ahead and get you up out of here so we can still get you on course for the rest of your life. So would I have done it? I probably wouldn't have because I would have wanted my son to get a degree. But his thing was, he was he's not, he not about to be no engineer, no teacher anyway. So you're going to punish him for the rest of the year, and he's not going to be there next year anyway. Let's just pull him out, work on his skill set so we can get my man ready for the draft. And I think as a parent, at the end of it, you have authority to do with your child what you want to do with your child, bottom line. So I felt like, yo, you were justified in that. Since he's not going to be there next year anyway for school, and that was not a part of your plan, you're absolutely right. They're not going to let him play at all and retard his development. Yep, pull my man out and let my man get ready for the league. And it's the Yeah, imp- and I'm I- saying, e, not, as a parent, now to me, in my eyes, you're running the slippery slope of it happening again. Uh, I don't, I, I'm saying I'm not the parent. I'm just being so real. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying it's, it's absolutely no consequences for my man. Maybe the president did or didn't call. Regardless, we know that the punishment over there is three to five years. So they let, they gave them boys some grace and let them yeah. come home. And yeah. now you saying get right back to basketball. And I'm saying all I know is when I don't punish Trey, when there is not a severe consequence felt, he's going to do it again. When I make sure, okay, you, you on that. You not okay? Let's let, I, no toys, I, I know, no TV, I know none no of nothing. y'all on this phone punish y'all children for everything they do. So I don't no. really know what happened, but he could. No, the had major it. stuff though. We yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't punish I'm him for. He, eight, you he know. 18 though. You know, I'm just being real. He 18 years old. He not he not five. So at this point, you can't whip him no more and do all of that. So his father said we had a conversation. You know, my son was. He said it. My son was hurt he was embarrassed he went before the university they took his meal plan he came play he wasn't tripping on that but what he said was you not letting my son come back for three months that's march you're retarding his development now i can't let you do that i can't let you punish him to the point where it could mess up his career and as long as he's with you guys it's illegal for him to work on his game so I'm, the yeah. punishment is too hard. sometimes harsh. i'm saying it's deeper than a career or basketball and you have to think about a, a life manhood lesson too you know and i'm and i'm not like i said you got this is why i think this discussion is is good because we have different perspectives my son's only three i'm saying there are some manhood lessons that go beyond basketball here son and you embarrass the family and I know, E, that you, you are huge on representing the legacy. You, you know, we have a, we're under a microscope. You knew that. 
you did this, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that he should never play basketball. I'm not even trying to go there. I'm saying to pull him out, to take him out of the university and to question where was the chaperones aesthetically and to what your kid would be thinking. If I was 18 and I got caught stealing like that and I got out of trouble and my dad Houdini'd me out of it and I came home and my dad jumped on the news like, where were the chaperones? I promise you, I'm looking like, oh, this was a breeze. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm saying as a man, you run the risk of maybe not this particular act happening again, but of my man feeling invisible. You know what I'm saying? He might yeah, feel invisible. A, yeah. Like, yo, I'm, I'm just saying that. You see what I'm right, saying? Steve, but I'm just also saying, like, that's a lot of speculation. I don't, this kid could be hurt. This kid could be, you know what I'm saying? When you took, uh, they took basketball bro. from me. They took basketball <laughs> from me, bro. Like, his father said, he ain't got no meal plan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they that, took I'm the saying game they, from they him. tried to take basketball from him. His daddy gave it right back. No, he didn't. See, you're still not going to be on TV. You're not going to be, you know, catching planes. You're not going to be the oh, man on campus. One thing we campus. know they will be is on TV, for sure. We know the ball. Yeah, yeah, sure. but I'm saying, yeah. but, but I'm no, saying you, you took the that. game from him. It's nothing yeah. you can do to replace that. He lost He lost the ability to play. He lost the draft, that whole. Not saying that he's not going to do the draft, but he definitely ain't going to be number one, number two in the draft. He lost uh, a lot, bro. I don't bro. think that was coming anyway, just to be honest. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> My I, man I, I never followed him like that. Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never followed him like that. I didn't know how yeah, good no, no, his no. game was. Lonzo was cold like that. And okay. maybe even Lil Fella might be nice, but this one was, I think, I'm not saying he wasn't a good player. I, I'm oh, saying I don't know. I, really yeah, I, say, I don't go. follow. I mean, I'm Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really I, that, that's like neither that, here so. nor there. And I, yeah. I, I feel you. And I'm with you. Like I said, I, I agree with certain parts of what you said, E. I think certain parts of where you're coming from could be dangerous. That's, I guess, the, the, the beauty of, you know, a, a discussion. Um, well, and, you know, you know I ain't I'm on that you. personally. See, you know, I ain't on that personally. Like that ain't how I, I would raise my son. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying. Trust I was laughing, but, thinking but, about that. Go ahead, but go I do understand Levar Ball. Like I do get my man. Like yo, this is my life. We trying to do something, and I can't allow the university to have authority over my child, like o- over his dream. So, yo, I got options, and we live in America. We don't live in communism. So he got options, and he exercising his options. And I think a lot of people dogging him out for it, but I'm looking back as a parent saying, yo, bro, I respect what you're doing. He didn't say his son was right for it. He didn't try yeah, to yeah, act so, like his son so didn't again, do it. Though, but you, 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 like, I, I hate, you know, and like I said, man, I promise you I'm done, but like I'm trying to figure out and this is like can you for one second just for real let LeVar go all right so I'm saying Trey's on the basketball team he punches a kid in the face the the coach says you can't play basketball for two weeks and I say well this is fifth grade year it's a big year going into sixth grade you can't suspend him for two weeks he said look he punched the kid in the face he suspended for two weeks and I say we're going across town to the rival team where he could play tomorrow because that's not what we had set up for his fifth grade stuff I'm saying, I'm just asking you, this ain't about LeVar. Where do you make a distinction between what is good for the long term and how to teach a lesson for the short term? And I'm just asking in general, and, and not about LeVar Ball yeah, or And that's each child. That's each child because I feel like, for real, with Jalen, Okay, I now we get punish my son. Okay, I got you. Here we go. Sir. Yeah. Thank you. This is all I was trying to get to. Yeah, but I'm just saying, we don't, we're making an <laughs> assumption about this kid. You don't know that this kid is not remorseful what he did. We don't know that. So with Jalen, yes, I have to do that. With my daughter, I don't have to do that. She's going to self 
self-regulate. She's going to self-punish. She's going to punish. She did something the other day with my whip. She was hurt, bro. Like she didn't even come to the house. She didn't even call me for a couple of days. She's going to discipline herself. You know, so when you're dealing with a situation, you can't just make it black and white. Mm -hmm. This kid might have came back home from China like, dad, he might have been like crushed, hurt. Like, yo, what did I do? And so maybe his punishment you know, is maybe he 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 got the grace, and he like I need to move on. And his father is saying like, uh uh, we well I don't know Levar, he different, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know I don't know <laughs> if that makes a difference with Levar or not. But but the thing that I'm saying that I loved about what he said was, my son wasn't going to he not here for college in the first place. He this he was one and done anyway. And, and there what you saying, see. Maybe he wasn't one and done. I thought he was like his brother. So one yeah. and done, his brother was one and done. You know, so he's saying, yo, this is messing up what we're trying to do. So I'm not looking at this situation from Eric Thomas' perspective, which is good for me because that's what I normally do. But I'm looking at it from another father saying, yo, you're right. You, 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 you wanted your son to be one and done. You wanted him to go to the draft. And I do think that's too much. I think UCLA firing him for a whole season. I do think that's a, I, for stealing, see, at the end of the day, bump communism. At the end of the day, I think that's a mis misdemeanor. I don't think that I, I don't think that they should be punished for the whole season. And they said, when you say three months, you're talking about going into March. Uh, well, if them three boys ain't playing, they definitely ain't about to go to the road to the Final Four, and you wasted this entire season. I do think that's too. I, I personally, I think that's too big of a, a, a punishment for the crime that the boys did. And I go listening. back to, hey, I go back to for those leaders that are there, and this could be another podcast, but I just feel like as a leader, what, what message are you sending when kids get punished for certain things or you're, you, you, the leader or the company that punishes their staff and they never take any responsibility, like people who throw people under the bus, like, bro, you're not going nowhere as a company like that. You're not going nowhere as a, as a person like that. When you don't take ownership, so as a CEO of ETA, anything go wrong. Somebody mismanage money, somebody do anything. I'm like, yo, at the end of the day, I'm the CEO. I could have looked at the, I could have looked at the uh, bills with you as a CEO. If you stealing stuff, I should have been looking at the books uh, long enough. So I gave somebody else the uh, responsibility to do that. And I do pay somebody to do that. I get that. But at some point, it's still, I have, I have to take some responsibility if there's gonna take, if there's gonna be change and go. And we look, see it like, let's say different football teams, we won't call no names. But you keep seeing them fire these coaches, see? And they got the same record they had before. You know what I'm saying? And it's so easy to say the player was wrong and he did this wrong and this coach did this wrong. Get rid of the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. But year after year, see, they have the same results. Why? Because somebody at the top didn't take ownership. That's all I'm saying. Well, listen, man, if you want your kids to go one and done, start hitting them with that Organifi Ooh, right now. They definitely going to go one and done. <clears throat> if you want your babies to go <laughs> one and done, I'm talking about hit the draft. First pick, um, had them rocking with Organifi, man. Organifi, uh, gently dry superfood, greens powder. All right, now you can get all your healthy superfoods in one glass. No shopping, no blending, no juicing, right? Uh, and best of all, no cleanup, all right? So uh, imagine drinking some of the world's greatest superfoods, uh, man, uh, every day. And that's what I'm doing. That's what the guys are doing. We're on that heavy 
um, again, man, I feel so much better. I'm back to the crib and got my full supply and um, been rocking with the Organifi Heavy. They've been rocking with us for a minute, man. So shout out to them. They are a family member of this podcast. Organifi, um, man, go there and use our promo code, right? Tell them we sent you and um, try it out. The best part about it is it's a 30-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked, right? 100% money-back guarantee when you order um, the Organifi uh, juice. You're protected by that 30-day uh, order so go to www.organify that's o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i.com organify.com use the promo code success for 20% off and um yeah you'll be like us going one and done all day uh so <laughs> let's uh now that we're we're we've exhausted that conversation and uh people are tired of listening to us talk about that let's make a shift um into uh, we have our, our our resident business guru on the line and so I want to make sure we get to um, we got a, we always get a ton of questions for Josh that are stockpiled, and um, I do want to jump into the Ask Josh Ask Et segment of the podcast. But um, Josh, I, I want to talk about um, I guess the solar side, and uh, we have some interesting developments in the last couple of weeks, man. You've been working your butt off, and you, you, you've been you know low key and just getting this thing done, and you know we actually. Um, just, just. I, I guess I'll let you take it from there. But we, we're making some big moves on, on that side of uh, what we do, and just wanted to share it with the people. They've been along for this ride kind of since the beginning, and we do have some exciting news. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's an exciting time for us at Harbor. Uh, we seven months ago. It's only been seven short months. Uh, wow, seven started, months. Yeah, seven months. So started this company seven months ago, and um, you know it's a. Uh, it has gone by fast. It's gone well. We've done. We'll finish this calendar year. So started in May. We'll finish in, in basically June. We'll finish this calendar year at about six and a half million dollars. Wow. Can we get some party streamers and some flyers and some balloons some, going? With some that? kind of music. Some kind of music. Yeah, but we had. Um, we have some strategic partnerships um, that make our business turn, and and they're very important to our day to day business. They take uh, a side of our business. We are we are um, big focus. So you hear ET say all the time. I do one thing really well. I speak. We we do one thing really well. We 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 do uh, sales, marketing, and then we do leadership and culture really well. That's what we do as an organization. So everything else we try to we try to um, either outsource find the right partners and so we we have a partner that we've been that's been a key partner for us for about the last seven months so almost at the start of the company and and um and we're announcing a merge with a portion of that company and um it, it is giving us the legs um and a little more um, bandwidth that we're now gonna probably in 2018 that that six or seven million dollars will, will turn into probably 15 to maybe 20 million dollars worth of business and it really allows us to have some more flexibility and so on the back end you know this is this is really good for the people on the podcast to hear because i think sometimes they see moves being made in a business and they say mm-hmm. well how does that happen uh, see you've had a front row seat to this for months this has been months yep. of, of relationship building communication proving each other out at different sections of the business to make sure that, that we can both handle what we need to do and, um, and, and the really fun part about this merge, when people hear merge, does that mean you become one company? No, what we've done is we are merging a section of their company where they looked at us and said, you guys are better at this area than us, and we'd like you to take this section for us. 
and we, we want to give you this portion of our company because we know you guys are better at that sales and marketing and, and culture piece. And we said, okay, great. Now you can focus on what you're really good at, which is finance, tech, and operations. And so it really lined up really well, but it's exciting. It's an exciting time for sure um, for Harbor. I don't know if we'll know the implications or see the, see the benefits of this um, in full for even 18 months. 24 months. I don't know uh, even if some of the some of the leadership team of Harbor understands how how big um, this can be if we continue to take care of business. So we're really excited about what's going on. Yeah, and the reason, Josh, I wanted you to come on and talk about that is one because they've been a part of you know what we've had going on for a long time, and I think some of you know the people were like, "Wow, you know these guys are." you know, branching out and making business moves. And we are entrepreneurs. And, you know, when Josh came to us, you know, with the idea and, you know, kind of said what he felt like he could do and how he could, you know, you know, turn this revenue and things of that nature. And we were able to, I mean, you said you called out the numbers, but, you know, a few million dollars in sales and, you know, projecting to do even bigger than that. And the one thing that, you know, for us, right, like when you look at ETA, like it took us years and years and years to build up to, you know, where, where we were, you know, like super successful, you know, financially and all these other things, right? Like it was a long process. And yet, you know, and, and we talk about that, right? It's a grind. It's all of these things. It's, you know, it's tough. It's, it's heartache and, you know, all of these things. And then we see in seven months, the solar company grow to, to just a behemoth, you know, I mean, still small, but, you know, relatively speaking, and I think it's a testament to, again, the things that we talk about, guys. And that's why I wanted Josh to talk about it, because Josh is a guru and has been doing this forever. And there are things that he understands. And to me, the scariest part is when we penciled this thing on paper, Josh, before we got started, you kind of kept calling me and say, man, I keep penciling this and this is what I'm getting. And then you were like, I think this is going to work. And then now it is probably penciled even better than you thought. But this is a testament to staying in your lane, doing what you are phenomenally gifted at and, you know, and, and seeing the results of that. And so people are probably listening going, what in the heck? You know, they did this in this short amount of time. But talk about like being able to I always talk about anticipation, right? Like the reason I say you need to master something, the reason why I say you need to get good with one thing is because when you master something, it allows anticipation, right? So again, Peyton Manning had mastered the quarterback position. So even though he wasn't the fastest or had the strongest arm, his anticipation of where the defender would be allowed him to be one of the best that ever lived. Tom Brady, probably the same thing. They see things unfold before anybody else does. And so for Josh, you were able to have a level of mastery that allowed you to anticipate what was going to happen. And when you can strategically make those moves ahead of time, I think it allows you to be super successful. So can you talk about being in your lane, mastering that thing, and then being able to use your mastery to anticipate to create phenomenal results? Yeah, I think the, I think the first thing that I'd like to get across is you have to stay in your lane long enough to be able to master it. And that's right, what most right. people don't just refuse to do. So, so I may have, uh, have had different business ventures and, and ETA and, and different areas, but there's one Josh. But if you would have had the 29-year-old Josh compared to the 36-year-old Josh, it's not the same guy, right? The lessons that, that I've learned, the things that I know, the way I can recognize opportunity. In seven years, I've gotten a lot sharper. And so, so a lot of people, they just don't stay in, in the game long enough to master anything. 
So I think that's I think that's that's probably first and foremost. So they get a level of success or a level of expertise, but um, but the confidence that that even he has to walk into any room and speak, um, and not not even on stage. I think that's always been the part that's probably been the natural part for E, but off the stage, meeting with certain people. Um, you know, it's going to be a different guy than he was 10 years ago. There's no question. As 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 things have progressed forward, as ETAs progressed forward, it gives confidence into what you're doing. And, and confidence fuels confidence. And then confidence fuels results as long as you know what you're doing and you can keep your character straight. Um, so, so you, Absolutely. I'm, so I'm sorry, Josh. Go for it. Oh, so I was going to say when it came to that, when it came to us starting a sales-based company, um, you know, that that's what I know. Then that's that's the world that I know. And so there is some inherited risk. I want people to understand this. They're going to hear that number go, that's a big number. Yeah, but there was also some cash that was put up front. And we were willing to risk that cash. We were willing to say, okay, if it doesn't work, are we okay with this? And so 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 just because it, it has worked and people want to look at it and say, oh, that's amazing, you got off the ground. There's no guarantee. And there's no guarantee that, that a year from now that... Harbor or any company is a given um, for success. You can look, open the newspaper. Some of the behemoths, some of the behemoths that have been corporate giants for years are, are struggling. There's just no guarantees in the business world. So, uh, and there's no guarantees in any part of our, any part of the world. But you have to, you have to, um, you have to be able to take the risk and know, um, know that you have a downside and you're comfortable with that downside. And, and I think that's one of the biggest differences that most people that, that are entrepreneurs, I'm talking solely to entrepreneurs right now, people that when I say entrepreneurs starting their own business, um, that, that they have to recognize is it's going to be risky and you have to get comfortable in that, in that world. And I'm just very comfortable in that world, CJ. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess, you know, to E and, and even Carl, I guess e, you can speak to that as well, just the level of mastery and anticipation. And I think that's why, you know, when, when people come out to our events and there'll be people in, in Newark uh, this weekend who will hear us talk about it, but that's why I'm always like, man, find one thing that you can lock in on. Like, like Josh, I'm, there, there's, a, you know, there's probably, you know, five or six things that you're really good at, but when we talk about actually locking in, you just said it, your ability to create a sales-based team is what separates you from the competition. And so, E, what do you think in terms of your, not just speaking, but in terms of the skill set that you hone in on on a regular basis, what skill set is that that you say, this is what I'm looking to master and I'm able to anticipate and I'm able to be, you know, maybe even, you know, naturally gifted at that, but then hone it to the point where you can see it coming a mile away? Yeah, well, real quick, Josh, I, I want to... Um elaborate on that real quick Josh I think people are masters of many things because they are afraid you know to bet on themselves you know they are literally afraid to say um, you know I'm gonna go with this one thing and regardless of what people think or what people say you know I'm gonna go and people teach you that you know for real just as a child people teach you even when you're doing uh, what is that making investments Josh you know you ought to diversify and there are those of us who have this concept in terms of our skill set that you ought to diversify just in case this doesn't work or this doesn't work. And while I do understand that concept, I always say, or C says it, if there's a dude who's doing four things and he's doing those things very good, he's not going to be able to compete with me because I'm doing one thing and I'm doing it right, at a right. very high level. You know what I'm saying? So nothing against my man. He's probably real good at what he's doing. So I think that's the biggest challenge 
that there are very few people who are willing to say, yo, I'm gonna stick with this thing right here. I'm gonna take this thing to that next level. And I think for me, I always talk about the gaps. As a speaker, I just always ask myself, what's the one service that I could provide? And what group can I provide it to? You know what I'm saying? At a higher level than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we all speak. There's a bunch of us that speak. But what is it that I bring to the table that nobody else brings to the table? And so for me, it's personal development. You know, um, it, it's character, it's integrity. And I'm just gonna be honest with you, Josh. I remember a time when I was doing this whole, what people may wanna call hip hop, you know, style. I remember when it wasn't, um, it wasn't popular, Josh. I started doing this in the early 90s. And I remember wearing a baseball hat you know, wearing gym shoes, you know, wearing, everybody was wearing a suit. And I remember what people would kind of like say to me, like, yo, bro, you, I, I hope you don't think this raw, this in your face, you know, uh, style is going to um, get you where you think you're trying to go. You're gonna have to be more polished, is the word that they would use. But I always knew, Josh, and I, I shouldn't use the word always knew because, you know, I'm, nobody knows. But I saw a trend with hip hop. And I saw the trend of where hip hop was going. And while hip hop may have been a musical genre in the late 80s, early 90s, why well, certainly it wasn't what it is today. But I would watch Southwest Airlines that came out, you know, mid 80s, Josh, and I watched Southwest. They weren't wearing shirt and ties. They were wearing shirts, uh, like polo shirts and shorts. And I was like, ooh, I see it. And they would have stuff, Josh, like dress, dress down Friday. You know, and a lot of people that go to work today, they don't even understand that there was a time in America's business culture that you didn't come without a shirt and a tie on. And I saw a dress down Friday, Josh, and I was like, ooh, now you had to pay to dress down, but I'm like, one of these days, it's gonna be dressed down Friday. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna be casual Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? I was like, so E, just stick with, stick with your style. Even though it's not popular, even though people don't necessarily, everybody in power is not feeling it, just stick with it. And I stuck with it, Josh. And now, especially when you look at the news and you see some of the things that are going on in terms of this person's getting fired and this is going on and this is going on, I'm starting to see that the character boy, the personal development swag is um, it's just as oh, important yeah. as high some other demand. stuff is. It's in high demand now, bro. It's in high <laughs> oh, demand now. Let me tell you something. Character has had an all-time low in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> Well, at least the exposure of the characters. Yeah. Is that, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the, the stock is, I'm talking about plummeting. Well, there's, and, and back in the day, no one even talked about emotional intelligence. Now you have people making argument. Now you have people making the argument that it's much more important to have emotional intelligence than your IQ if you want to be successful, right? And so, so and that didn't even exist back in the day. No one even knew what emotional intelligence was. So it's a different world. And, and I think e, what you saw and what you have to be able to see if you want to be in business, is you have to be able to see things, one, evolve. Um, and, and, and as we talk about all the time, find those gaps. But I think if there's people, um, you know, that want to say, okay, so I can, I can get myself going. I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm good at speaking. I'm good at selling. I can get myself going. If you want to have success, the next phase of that is, can you get other people going? Can you unify a group? Can you lead? And that's a skill set that's hard. That's a skill set that, that that is in serious demand. That whole conversation we had for 50 minutes at the beginning, you could make a case 
that there was lack of leadership all over the place. I don't care if it's from the father or the school, institutional control. There could be a lack of leadership in that argument all over the place, potentially. But leadership is what's in high demand. Yeah, even, the even, the, even the other players on the team. That's exactly. Even the other players. Yep, there's a lack of leadership there. And that's what's that's what personal development is in such high demand, I believe, because leadership is at an all-time low. It is a me gener- it's a it's a me world right now. There's a bunch of I call them me monsters. People walking around they want to talk about themselves all the time. Me, 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 me. And so the leadership portion is what we're really lacking. And you can you can look all around the world and make your assumptions of who you think is a good leader or a bad leader, but all you have to do is open a newspaper or turn on the news and shake your head. And there's people in some very powerful positions um, in the business world, in the political world, in the sports world that lack some serious leadership skills and um, and you see the whole organization suffer for years and years and years because of it. Yeah, and even if they have the leadership, do they have the character too? Because exactly. leadership and character don't go hand in hand. You're right. Well, one's, in, right. one's influence. Right. So one's influence and one's leadership. Right. Absolutely. Right, 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 right. right, right, right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Josh. That's a big deal. And, yeah. and Josh, I don't know, like you said, I don't know if I'm getting older, Josh, or what it is, but I'm telling you, and I want to, you know, see if you would allow us to, I want to do a conference maybe on this or a, 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 an extended podcast. But Josh, I'm starting to notice this, just throwing people under the bus. Like, I'm just saying, like, just randomly, you, you know, I don't care if it's in your house. I don't care if it's in a business, if it's sports. <laughs> I'm just noticing, like, yo, people are afraid. I don't know if it's embarrassment. I don't know if it's, I don't want to look bad. But, like, yo, people are afraid to take ownership. People are afraid to say, yo, I, I, I was wrong. Or let me say this. People, maybe they don't even see that they played a part in it. You know, but, I'm, I'm, I, but what scares me, Josh, is that when you play the blame game, it's not going to be any growth. You, you can't be productive, you know what I'm saying? But when people sit down and say, oh, yo, that, that was my fault, you know what I'm saying? They can fix it. And so I'm just, I'm noticing Josh just like, man, I'm talking yeah, but to Let me ask you something. Don't leave from there. I agree with you. And so I think people's hesitancy in taking that blame is, like, we don't live in a very forgiving world anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, every mistake you make is, is on, you trending on Twitter. You know, your character is shot forever. We don't let we don't really like have a we don't really like redemption stories as much anymore. And so, okay, even if I take the blame, what if I take the blame and I get fired and outcasted? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool to say, take the blame, take the blame. But it's like, all right, cool. I'll take the L for that. And they go, okay, thank you very much. You fired. Now your family ain't eating because you're trying to be a stand up guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's cute to say, take the blame. Like you take it on ownership on your part. But if I take it and get fired, did I, am, am, am I, is this a moral thing? Is this like what? You know I'm what sorry. I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah. And I apologize that I can't intelligently answer that. All I know is that a, a, a solid foundation is going to always stand. You know, and in my own personal experience, I've had to take some L's and I've lost some jobs. But I just believe because of my character, I bounce back. You know, I just believe that you, you, you reap what you sow. And if you are a good person and you're doing the right thing, you're going to land on your feet. But I won't speak to persons, 
you know, each individual circumstance, because for real, you get your, you, you lose your job. For real, it ain't no E.T. thing. Like, your wife don't want to hear what E.T. said on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? He told me to stand up for myself yeah, no, no and take question, responsibility. No questions asked. Do, do, well, hey, do not try Darryl, this at Daryl, you know home. that was not your fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do not try this at home. You'd have got you know? Daryl cussed out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm just telling Daryl, do not try this at home. You know, it's a podcast. You know what I'm saying? It's a podcast. But I'm telling you You better you say home. it was Steve's fault. Yeah. I am telling you in my own, you know, um, you know, life, I've taken ownership where I should take ownership. And I'm telling you, my marriage has gone to another level as a result uh, with my son. You know, what I'm saying he's young, so I don't believe he's at a point in his life right now where he's like, you know what, Dad, I need to take ownership. He's 22. But what I've decided to do is say, you know what, I'm going to take ownership in, in, in our relationship. Yeah, I could have done this better. I probably could have done that. better. I'm going to take ownership. And I've seen our relationship change. I've seen my money go to another level. I've seen opportunities. When you talk leadership, Josh, I don't know if people interview you or not, but there's a way they could tell that your leadership has gone to another level. So I'm, I'm noticing I'm not getting gigs anymore, Josh. I'm getting retainers. And I'm getting CEOs to ask me to help them, you know what I'm saying, make decisions. Like, yo, E, what would you do? Like, hey, if you were me, what would you? And I'm getting more of those kind of calls, Josh, where people are saying, had a guy called me last night. He had two opportunities, one in Atlanta, one in Orlando. He's like, yo, E.T., if you were me, what, which, which gig would you take? So I'm starting to notice that now that I'm taking ownership and my leadership is getting to another level. Hey, guys, and I got to say this, that I don't know how many years ago, but I too ran. So I'm not trying to act like a giant that I've always been the man in this area. But I remember being in my car go, coming out of my complex. C was with me and C was like, yo, E, for real, I love you as a person. You are a great speaker. You know what I'm saying? You are a Christian, but you you scared. You you not stepping up to the plate where you need to step up to the plate at. And it was a very difficult conversation, you know, um, and especially yeah, when you talk about- And I promise you, I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings, but when things yeah. were going good, he was the greatest leader yeah. there was. Yeah. And then when we would have like some like controversy or like, you know, it was, you know, some things on the line. And I'm not saying like you would just kind of, you, I think your your natural inclination was to try to like smooth it over and almost ignore it and not deal with it. And I just, you know, as being your little brother, accountability partner, all of those things, I'm just like, yo, E, this is actually the time when we need leadership, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool that you, you know, there when the things are great, but when it hits the fan is when we need you most. And like, that's what a leader is for. And I think, you know, I had to have that conversation with you and it wasn't an easy conversation, but I think, you know, and we talked about it, you're, you're back then you were a people pleaser. And so nobody really wants to fire anybody or, you know, step on anybody's toes when you, 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 when you play that people pleaser route and you had to come out of that particular piece in order to become a more effective leader where you say, all right, and I and I I remember, you know, it was funny after that, E, e and that's one of the things I love and respect about E so much is that he's able to take constructive criticism and apply it ASAP. I remember I'm right after that you preached. Yeah. He he preached a sermon and he was like, yo, he was talking to, you know, some some people at the church and he was like, all this time I thought I wasn't telling you the truth about how you was living or the decisions you make or the mistakes you make. I thought I wasn't telling you the truth because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. The reality of the situation is I didn't want to be uncomfortable and I love myself more than I love you. And I was like, whoa. And you took and you were like, I'm not doing that anymore. 
Like, I'm your leader. I'm going to tell you how it is. And, like, I promise you, like, Carl is to tell you, from that point forward, he's been much more direct. You when sure when, when we have issues, he is more than willing to step up. Some some people have caught. I mean, <laughs> he might have went. Much, I might have had to slow him down a couple times. Like, okay, yeah, too much. Geez, slow down, <laughs> bro. Like, okay, we we good, you know. But I think you're right, Ian. That those moments, you know, that is that that's where leaders are needed. And I just told you, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Like you in this role for a reason, and not just you know the 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 good time manager, but you know the bad times as well. And I think your growth in that area is 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 crazy. And I think that might have been to your leadership just the final piece. And don't get me don't don't get it wrong. I could never be the leader that he is, but I was able to point oh, out a weakness in that him. area. Than you know I what I mean? Oh, but, much better. But CJ, yeah, and, yeah. And a and a leader of a leader of what? He's been called the leader in certain areas. You've been called the lead mm-hmm. in certain areas, mm-hmm. right? Every organization, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, every organization rises and falls on the level of its leadership, not its leader. And the bigger you get, mm. the more multiple layers of leadership is is needed. But you know the thing the thing with the thing with I'd say E or even let's just go back to Harvard. Um, the thing about being in the game long enough is there's a difference between actually doing it, doing it, and theory. And so, so when you're running a business. I can sit down with someone and they can show me the exact same, what do we want to say, a spreadsheet, whatever you want to say, if we're going to look at numbers or business plan, however you want to look at it. And they can show me the exact same thing. But the question is, have you been able to get through someone that has stolen from you? Have you been able to have employees come to you and say, I'm sick Mm -hmm. and I need to go to the hospital and deal with that emotional toll? Have you helped people get through divorces or stay together? Have you had people walk up to you Mm -hmm. and say, I don't know if I can go another day. I have so much anxiety. I don't know. I don't. I don't even feel like me anymore. Can you help a person through that? And if you want to be a business yeah. owner, you better get ready. You better strap That's it right. on and help That's people right. with that stuff. Yeah. And if, yeah. And if, and yeah. if I'm gonna simplify. And if you yeah. don't, then go, no, then go ahead, finish you, that. You're just you are responsible for the people that come to your table. So so as a leader, at the end of the day, I believe Eric Thomas is gonna make more money than anyone else else at mm. Eric Thomas Associates. But but Eric Thomas has to be willing to make the least amount of money as anyone at Eric Thomas Associates at any given time to keep the company mm. going. That's the responsibility mm. that we chose as leaders. Yeah. That, yeah, is, that, that, that is the business in the world that we chose. So, so you, you don't get to have it both ways. It's kind of what you were just saying about Eve back in the day when things were going well uh, from, a, from a wanting to be around people standpoint. And I actually believe just on E, it's just that he just doesn't want to disappoint or hurt anybody. You know, and that's a skill set they've right. actually probably learned. And I've had to learn this myself. There are times that I have not wanted to hurt somebody. And, and by doing that, I have intentionally hurt them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, because I, I did. Just I, saw, I saw. So I, I was going to say, let me simplify it a little bit. And, and forgive me, y'all. I'm going to go back to sports for a second. Not trying to start a sports discussion, but I'm going to use the analogy. So I was watching um, whatever game, an NBA game last night. And, you know, they just randomly pop up some stuff. So KD was playing and they were showing, you know, he had a phenomenal game. He scored well. But they were saying in addition, so this is the part that I want to make. In addition is the key word here. What happens, Josh, over time is that you have to add. You have to keep adding to your leadership. You have the experiences force you to add this and add that and add that. So they showed this random statistic and they said it's only like eight to ten. I don't remember how many people, but it was like eight to ten people that had the scoring title but also had the all-NBA defensive team. 
Mm. It wasn't a lot of people. It was mm. like eight to ten in the history of the game. Mm. And y'all could probably name half of them. But, right. of course, you got the MJs, the Kobe's, the Shaq's, the LeBron's. And they were going into LeBron after. And they were saying, like, yo, you watch his game evolve. And they were like, yo, he, he, the interview last night was saying, he said, like, I feel like now is my time. And they were like, yo, yo, this is your 15th year in the league. And you said, now is your time? Like, what does that mean? And they were just analyzing it and saying, like, yo, if you watch his game now, still athletic. He hadn't lost that. They were saying, you know, MJ, once he lost the athleticism, he kind of developed the jump shot, whatever, whatever. But LeBron, they were saying, like, dude, this dude has added a wicked jumper to his game now. Like, he can just pull back from anywhere. Like, you, you can't not see that. But... Because he's been in it so long and been doing these different situations you talked about, Josh, having to deal with, you know, a, a, a worker that lost a loved one or, you know, going through divorce or whatever. Because you're having to deal with all these situations, it forces you to add to your game. And that's what it goes back to. That's why you have to do one thing so well, because you can't add 16 things. Like the more you focus on this thing, the more it forces you to add to your game. So you're adding this. Now you add this. Now you add a block or two here or there, steal here, here or there. And now all of a sudden you become not just a scoring beast because we needed you to lead in scoring in one area. But now we need you to lead on the defensive end now too, Josh, the other parts of leadership that you have to develop. So I saw that last night. I was like, wow, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it applies perfectly because you can't just settle. You cannot win a championship just being the best scorer. It's not going to happen. You can't win a championship just because you defend well. It's a combination of both. You got to score and you got to defend and you got to, somebody has to lead in both areas. It could be the same person. It could be different people, but you need, like Josh was saying, you need leadership in all these areas for you to get where you need to. And that's why you got to focus so hard on doing that one thing repeatedly, repeated and repeatedly, because the experience that comes out of that, there's no other way. I'm saying there's no other way to get the experience out. You can't read it. You can't lift your way to, you know, bench press to it. You just got to be in the position day in, day out, day in, day out to get it. So, yeah, huge, Josh. Yeah, and you know, too, Josh, what I wanted to say, really simplify it. You know, when CJ and I had that conversation, I think the reason why the conversation was difficult um, anytime we have like a, you know, um, what they call a constructive criticism and you kind of feel yourself that negative energy, I always have to ask myself, Josh, where's this negative energy coming from? You know, what's the resistance here? What, what, what are they saying that you don't particularly care for? And what it boiled down to was I didn't sign up for this. You, you know what I'm saying, Josh? I was like, I didn't sign up for this. I, w- I wanted to be a speaker. I, w- I wanted to travel the world and, <laughs> right, and speak. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted to help, you know, people get from one place to the next p- place. Like, I didn't think that I would be a part of a company where it'd be Which is problems. why I think he, he, at the time, too, you you were more of like an evangelist. Like, you just would go around to churches and yeah. preach and be out. Like, I don't yeah. even got to deal with these folks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I give them a good word and I'm gone. And I remember I'm that gone. was one of your hesitancies of wanting to take over a church because you, like, you knew you were going to have to deal with some of that icky stuff. Yeah. And so here's the one word, Josh, responsibility. And I just want to help somebody today. That was the one word I heard when CJ kept talking to me. I was like, why are you? Because like if C was talking about, let's just say like the LeVar Ball incident, we can go back and forth and talk about that until the the cows turn blue. I'm not going to like I'm not going to feel no type of way because that's not my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I'm not like my family eats or doesn't eat has nothing to do with LeVar Ball's life or sports in general. That's not what we do. But when he started talking to me as a a leader, I could feel the tension and and not necessarily um, like I was getting I was boiling mad. I wasn't mad, but I felt very uncomfortable. 
and there was this resistance. And I, I and I, as he was talking, I had to ask myself, E, what's the resistance? What's the resistance? And I kept hearing the word responsibility. You don't want to be responsible. And so you have to ask yourself this question. Do you say to see, I refuse to do it, and I want to continue to be an evangelist? Or do you say, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I can, I can do this with, with help, with reading, with studying. And the funny thing, Josh, is that I have been a student under the tutelage of John Maxwell without even knowing that I was prepared because I had been reading his books for years. A friend of mine accidentally left it at the home and I read it. And John Maxwell said it, it's not a microwave, it's a crock pot. And so all the tools, or the, at least the theory that I needed, I had. And I just had to make up in my spirit, Josh, if it was something that I wanted to tackle, if it was something that I wanted to do. And at the end of the day, I knew if I only spoke and I couldn't shepherd people, I wouldn't be happy at the end of the day. And so I made up in my mind, even though it's going to be very uncomfortable and it's going to add an element to my life that I didn't necessarily sign up for, I couldn't, I couldn't forsake the challenge and feel good about myself. You know, it's kind of like I think about Kyrie. Everybody's like, Kyrie's going to Boston. What, what are you thinking? But I'm thinking somewhere in his heart, he's saying, if I stay here and I never get a chance to see what life would be like if I led my own team, I couldn't live with myself. Like, I couldn't enjoy the game to the fullest. You know, so I'm just saying to somebody right now, yeah, for real, it's not going to be easy. And you've really got to make up in your mind, don't say, I want to be a leader and I want to be responsible. Like, for real, think it through. Have a conversation with your wife. Have a conversation with your best friend. Have a conversation with your mom, your dad, your mentor, whoever you need to have a conversation with. And really think it through before you do it because it has been, a, after me and CJ had that conversation, I'll be honest with you, it hasn't been any easier. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be honest. It hasn't been any easier. I, I don't feel any better about it. But it was something that I knew I was compelled that I had to do it. And I don't regret one day stepping up to the plate and doing it. You know what else they won't regret? E joining BU. Yeah, I mean, flat out. Load on the track like a segue. Hey, um, <laughs> they will not regret joining BU, man. Um, <laughs> shout out to everybody who joined up using our promo code last week. We had a bunch of people sign up, uh, getting in the community, getting revved up for the new year. 50% off. Your membership, all right? Uh, Secret GMG3. And if you know what GMG means, that is uh, you are a podcast (laughs) legend. Believe it or not, guys, everybody who we run into when we go to the conference, like probably only 25% of the people even know we have a podcast. You know what I mean? So it's not like every single person knows about this. So we really do consider you guys a part of like a little secret society here. Um, don't worry, it's not like Illuminati or nothing. It's, it's all good. It's a faith-based <laughs> family, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, we, we really do appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and we wanted to do something special, man. So if you listen to the podcast, Secret GMG3, um, to get 50% off your BU membership, man, come learn from Carl, E.T., Josh on a regular basis. Like, man, you hear Josh, I mean, he's just crushing it. Imagine being able to jump on the phone with him Uh, on Thursdays and Sundays when we get on our calls and come out to the events. Listen, man, our BU family, uh, uh, they're they're family at these events, right? They wear the shirts. They sit up front. You know, we have, you know, private meetups with them. And it's really a community that we're trying to build. And you guys are already a part of our podcast community. And we would love to have you um, 
you know, even in the family even more. So that's why we did that promo code secret GMG three, uh, become a part of breathe you today. Be a, just be a part of something amazing, man. You got goals you want to accomplish. You want to lose 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. You want to write that book. You want to be a better husband, a better wife. You want to learn a new skill. You want to become an entrepreneur. This is the place to do it. BU.com. Use the promo code SECRETGMG3 and um, 50% off. That is our biggest sale that we've ever had on our membership, man. And we just want to grow this community and get more like-minded folks who are on the grind looking to go to that next level in the community. All right. So, um, Josh. All right. Here's a good question for Josh. He said, uh, Josh, hey, what's going on, brother? Uh, been following you in BU. Shout out to him. He's a BU uh, person. He said, uh, I'm an ex-athlete and started a business, but because I'm an ex-athlete, uh, I'm strugg people are struggling to take me serious in business. Any advice? So I guess he's, uh, and it says, he says, I tried to condense this down. He's an NBA player, a former NBA player who's now doing business and struggling uh, to be taken serious in the business world because people still kind of just see him as an athlete. And so I know you didn't make the NBA, Josh. If it weren't for a few injuries, you would have <laughs> been Kevin Love right now. Um, white flight. Why, why do we always have to use, like, if somebody white, we just got to compare him to somebody else white. Jeez. It's like, I could have been like <laughs> Kevin Garnett. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I get, I don't know. Um, but, Josh, uh, any advice for my man? Yeah, I mean, it, anytime you start something new, you're starting over. So you don't have a track mm. record. Um, and, and so it's going to be harder for you, um, and depending on this player's situation, if they if they were smart with their money, they'll have more opportunities. If they're if they're having to restart or jumpstart life, um, and weren't smart with their money throughout their career, um, or maybe just didn't make a lot in their career, then then they may be starting over financially. You know, and and here's the deal: um, if you are an ex-athlete, you probably have a life, an ex-professional athlete. You probably have a life set up a certain way, and as soon as that check gets cut off. Um, you have to jump in on a very short shot clock to probably keep the lights on. And so, so the, the pressure's on, but people aren't going to believe you because you haven't done it. It'd be no different than asking him, um, I'm an accountant and I want to play in the NBA and I showed up and the players didn't take me serious. Well, because you haven't done anything. And so you have to get mm. in and get going, but you just have to realize as an athlete, you, you're, you're, you're used to kind of forging your own path. You just kind of go through it and you forge your own path. But business is very different, um, and it's not just based off of it's not just based off of you anymore. It's based off of you, the perception of you, um, and a track record. So you just have to trust that you have to get in the game and get going. And I believe you probably have connections that most people, it, most people would probably dream to have of people that you would know or you would have met along the way of your professional journey. That that are probably assets that you don't realize. And if most people could start with that Rolodex, even if they didn't have any money, uh, probably have a leg up. Yeah, no, love it. Uh, uh, Josh Pierre in L.A. said, Josh, love listening to you on the BU calls. I always hear you talking about failing forward. Can you give an example of when you failed forward in business? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say follow me daily. But but there is a... But, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I love it, yeah, Josh. Yeah, yeah, just follow and watch me every day. And uh, you'll watch me fail at certain areas of business um, every day and, and, um, and failing forward. But, I mean, th th there's nu numerous... Um, Times. And I think that's why it's so important to take your losses early um, because you realize they don't kill you and they don't crush you. Um, but, but I've had people that have, um, that have, have worked with me, CJ, that, that I believe that if I could have handled things differently, 
um, that we would still work together. Um, there were times that I, I had a company acquired and that acquisition was great from a financial standpoint. But after I, after I got in the building of where I was, it, uh, I had to look at myself and it was almost a restart mode for me from a business. And that was scary. And I fell forward from that situation. And really every situation that I've been in, um, I can look back and honestly say that we fell forward. And I'm not saying that's because I do something special. It's because I just trust the process and just get moving. And as long as you move forward, I believe you'll fell forward. Uh, Janae in Oklahoma said, hey Josh, who are the top three business people that you respect most and would like to meet? Yeah. Well, I don't one, know if she means dead or alive, but your top three most influential business people in your life or maybe. Yeah, dead or alive, a lot of it. We talked about leadership earlier. I love, I love uh, someone that's, that's um, not alive anymore, but I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with Abraham Lincoln. Um, anyone, mm -hmm. that, anyone that took the country through a civil war and somehow got it through it and kept the country as one. Um, I would like to talk to him and, 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 and know what he went through. But you know what, to be honest with you, two, two, two people that I um, admire greatly in the business world, um, um, and there's three obviously on this, but two, E was my first business partner without being my business partner. So everyone looks at E as a motivational speaker, but I look at E as a, as, as a, as a brilliant business mind and, and, and the, the foremost authority on leadership. Um, in the world right now, and 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 I say that because I get to watch him every day and watch and, and watch him move in leadership. But see, I I, I think I think the same uh, for you. And um, I told you I think you're brilliant. And um, so there's not many people. There there are business leaders I'd love to deal with, but I, I'm very comfortable with with the two of you and Abraham Lincoln. And um, and th those are business leaders that I that I love, respect, and and um, other ones I'd love to sit down and chat with. But, but boom, that's my answer. Hey, hey Josh, I'm, make, I'm making your list next year, Josh. You are making it next year. I'm making Sorry, it next Carl. year, Josh. <laughs> I love you, Carl. And me, Abe yeah, Lincoln, no, no, and no, E. I no. feel, I'm in good company here. I, hey. I just jumped no, no, a whole I'm, 10 I'm spots joking, on the roster. Josh. I'm saying I'm joking, Josh, but no, absolutely. I can, like, if I had to answer the question, no, I'm not Abe Lincoln. I don't know the history as well, but I'm saying e, I, I, I ain't going nowhere else beyond E and C, like, for real. Just what I get from them personally, man. Like, it's, yeah, give me a year, and we're going to be talking about I just jumped from the bench add, to one and done. I feel like LeAngelo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, no, thanks for that, Josh. Uh, let's take one more for Josh. I know I just saw it in here. Oh, Josh, uh, uh, let's see. Let's take, no, not that one. Dave in Miami said, hey, Josh, my business partner and I have a great personal relationship and started our business, but our business relationship is struggling quite a bit. How do I know when to cut the cord and how do I cut the cord and not lose the personal relationship? Yeah, when you get that, when you get into business partnerships, you have to realize they are harder than marriage. Business partnerships in a lot of areas are harder than marriage. No grown man gifts. No, there's, there's, there's no man, <laughs> at least on the marriage tip. You can yeah. come back to that if there's a reward. Yeah. All else goes wrong. There's no, no grown man gifts, and also as a business evolves, there's more at stake. But a lot of times people get together as a business partnership when they don't have kids, they don't have wives, they don't have husbands, they don't, right. they're just right. getting going, and then life happens throughout the course of that business partnership, right? So, so you know, that that. Do what's right. If you want to end the partnership, do what's right. Sit down and have a conversation. Um, and, um, and, and, and make sure that no one is caught off guard. There's usually when you're breaking up a business partnership, if that's what you're talking about, there's a lot at stake, uh, emotionally and financially, there's a lot at stake. Um, but 
do what's right and do, do, do it to where, and I can promise you this, whatever money you would make um, by maybe by maybe not communicating or or trying to save the business that's in will cost you in peace of mind down the road. Trust me from experience when you say how to fell forward. There are times in my life I wish I would have done things different. And and whatever whatever little bit of of um, let's just say gain or shortcut, and I say shortcut and even communication that I thought made life easier at the time. I lost in peace of mind and um, and have regretted and have made phone calls over my career to apologize. And so um, do it to where you'll sleep well at night. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And one of the, you, you touched on something real quick, and we'll do that, Josh, next time you're on the podcast. We talked about it last night. Josh and I were on the phone last night, and I, I was talking about, you know, just kind of like, man, you know, like we were talking about like kind of pressure as entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's crazy that, not in like a bad way, but I feel like the same pressure that I felt like when we were making no money, like I still feel pressure. Like, and, not, and like I said, not in like a, oh my God kind of way. And sometimes in the, oh my God kind of way, right? Like, like, and we'll talk about that. Josh and I have, you know, had some candid discussions just about like stress and business and like money and like those kind of things. And Josh, I, we, you know, I do want to have like a whole podcast on that, but you said something that was deep and he was like, yeah, you got more to lose now. And I was like, oh. You know, and it was the truth. I'm like, wow. Like, you know, he was like, yeah, before when you guys were just trying to figure it out, like there was nothing on the line. Like, you know what I mean? Like you literally now, now we actually have stuff to lose. Like we have, you know, these huge businesses, like, you know, people that work for us, whose families have families who have kids and houses and, you know, Ken and Latoya, like just bought a house and, you know, are having a baby. Shout out to them, you know, in the next couple days here, right? Shout out to Marshall too, who just had a baby. Marshall, we love you. Congratulations um, to him and his wife on the birth of their child last night. Another one of our people. But like we have people who work for us who are depending on the leadership that's on this phone to, to steer the ship. And that is a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, they bought a house and have a baby now. Like, yo, the, the, the Annie is up. And uh, I think that was you hit on it perfectly last night, Josh, when you said like, yo, it's more on the line now than it was when you were you know, 23 years old and, you know, hoping you could make a couple bucks and, 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 and change the world. Now there's like actual things on the line. And so um, I want to talk about that, too, because I think people think once you get to a certain level, it's just like, you know, cocktails uh, and, and, and uh, little finger foods. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that. And so uh, I want to talk about that as well. Josh, man, I appreciate you for answering all those questions. Uh, always love having you on, brother, as you know. Uh, congratulations, man. I want to m- make sure I say that publicly, man. You have um, just done everything you said you were going to do on that side of the ball, man. And that was a big uh, deal. I believe the official press release is Friday. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this Thursday night, tomorrow the press release comes out. And, man, you've done a heck of a job. And, um, you know, put that thing on your shoulders, on your back, and just killed it along with the guys, you know, on the team, man. You guys are uh, just rock that thing out. So congratulations on getting that done for the squad. And um, yeah, we look forward to having you back on soon, my brother. Um, we are in, if you're listening to this Thursday, Friday, we are in Newark. E is actually out there now. Of course, he can't stay in Newark. He has to stay at the Waldorf Story. So he's going to catch he's gonna <laughs> catch a, a, a black car limo over to Newark uh, on the day of the <laughs> event. But he's already on the East Coast. I'm headed out there. Um, I'm headed out there. When am I? When am I coming out there? T- Friday? Yeah, I think so Friday. Tomorrow. Friday. Carl, I think uh, I'll be out there. Josh is. You're, you're bringing your family out there, and 
look at the Christmas lights in, in the city. And so the, uh, the Four Amigos will be live in the building in Newark. Go to our webpage, etinspires.com slash events. If you are going to be in that New York, Newark area, we're going to have, it's an entrepreneur event. Shout out to my man, Gerard Adams, uh, great entrepreneur, um, just a, a stand-up dude who, you know, is, um, you know, a guy who we really rock with and, and excited to do this event. We're doing it at Red Bull Stadium. Isn't that dope? So um, I'm excited about that. You know, it's a different, you know, change of pace for us. And um, it's going to be a great event. So if you're going to be in that East Coast area and want to come out and, um, you know, uh, 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 just get that business advice, the, the entrepreneurship training, leadership training, all of that, we'll be out there for two days, man. That's Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a big deal, man. I'm excited about it. Um, I think, Carl, is there any other announcements that I'm missing before we let E do the nugget yes, of the sir. day? That's, That's it. it. Phenomenalcruise.com. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. We, we, we're getting it in. I'm already trying to get my, my tan on so I can be in chocolate when I hit the boat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. E, get us out of here on that nugget of the day. I hear my kids running upstairs, and uh, it's time for me to go get them jokers to daycare. And uh, love you guys. E, hit them with that nugget of the day. Uh, believe in yourself. All right. Listen to me. I really need you to get to a point in your life. There are a lot of outside distractions, like a lot of noise, ignore the noise. And then there's that inner voice that, that sometimes is noise. And I need you just to believe, you know, I really need you to believe in yourself, believe in your abilities, you know, be believe that you can do what it is that you see in your mind, you know, that vision you have, that you can do it. And there, there may be people you know, enemies that you call them, or it might even be people that you're close to, loved ones, who don't see it. And of course, they wouldn't see it like you see it because they're not as close to it as you are. But believe in yourself. And trust me, when you believe in yourself, there will come a day when others will have no choice but to believe with you. You hear what I'm saying? All right, but I need you to put all your energy in believing in your skill set. You know, believing in that dream you have, believing that you can make that thing become a reality. Believing if others could do it, you could do it. Other humans have done the exact same thing you say you want to do, so you can do it. So I need you to believe. Only believe. Only believe. Right? Only believe. So it's your boy E.T. saying, believe in yourself first. All right? Believe in yourself first because you're asking others to believe in you first. No, you got to believe first. You got to jump first. You got to take that risk first. Like you, you, you have to put that energy in it first. And trust me, there will come a day when others will have no choice but to believe with you. It's your boy ET. Let's go. Appreciate that nugget of the day. Y'all have a great weekend. I see you tomorrow. Love y'all. Go leave us that review on iTunes. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll see you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul.